The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. So if you've paid attention to this show for some time, you already know that I consider myself to be a bit of an activist. Um, I believe that changes are necessary and possible. And I believe that it takes action <laughs> to upset the comfortable people to make room for the less comfortable people. Um, as a result of my feelings and position, I often look up to people who are also noted activists, um, not the least of which is Sean King. Now, because of his position and his massive platform and the fact that he is able to move the needle on a lot of issues and really establish a trajectory with respect to the media and indeed our national dialogue by posting something that we haven't yet heard about and kind of igniting um, a new conversation around uh, police injustice or some sort of political um, scenario situation, whatever it is that he's talking about at the moment. Um, I think it's a, a fantastic thing that he's in a position and he has such a big reach and that for better or worse, people listen to him. Well, as a result um, of his position, there are also people that take issue with Sean King. Um, 
there are, of course, the usual suspects, people on the right and the far right, that find what he says problematic because perhaps it causes them to feel less comfortable. <laughs> um, but also, you know, uh, as you may know, players mess up. And Sean King is no exception. Just because he's a journalist and works in the media doesn't mean that he is not a human. Believe me, I know. Uh, it is definitely possible to tell a story, report the news, if you will, um, and not have a full sense or accounting of what has taken place. Um, and that's just factual. That is just part and parcel to the human experience. You know, there are people that go to trial and get convicted and are considered guilty. And then years later, evidence comes out that proves their innocence. So the story is, in some instances, never fully told, I would imagine, you know, because there are situations where people are exonerated for their crimes long after they've died. So again, it is possible for a human being to make a mistake or adopt an approach or an attitude that is unfair um, and seems so only in hindsight. And so I'm going to share a little bit about you, uh, about Sean King with you today, because I know that it's not just folks on the right and the far right that take issue with Sean King. Some of the folks who are decidedly pro-black and want a better future for black Americans and black people on this planet have also taken issue with Sean King and his missteps or transgressions have mounted. And I'd like to make a case today that that might not be entirely fair. I believe he's a good man. And as I said, I know what it's like to make mistakes. And if someone were to use all the mistakes I've made in the course of my life and try to establish a narrative based solely on that and completely ignore all the good I've done, I would think that is a misrepresentation. And that's putting it lightly. So in the news, and I'll, I'll be reading from some right-wing sources. Um, the uh, Well, first off, uh, there's a publication called The Free Beacon that calls this an embarrassing setback. Um, but there's another publication that uh, the headline reads, Scandal-ridden BLM activist Sean King will pay $75,000 for calling DA candidate a real-life supervillain. Um, this article is written by Sarah Weaver, and uh, you can see already how they've painted or framed this conversation um, to cause you to feel a certain way. Again, scandal-ridden BLM activist, you know, their, their target demographic, you know, BLM activist is kind of um, scary language for them. Um, and as I mentioned, this other publication refers to this as a, an embarrassing setback, but I'll read. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King paid a $75,000 settlement to a district attorney candidate after calling him a real-life supervillain and accusing him of framing a black man for murder. 
Now, as you can probably imagine, that's not the entire story. So um, let's dig into it a little bit more. Um, by the way, this uh, reading comes from a publication called The Daily Caller. So I'll continue. Uh, uh, now, I'm going to read a quote from Sean King acknowledging that he made a mistake. So this quote reads, Carlos Vega, as you may recall, ran against Larry Krasner in the last DA's race in Philadelphia. Carlos and I may not agree on a lot, but I was wrong about one important thing that I would like to clarify. I previously posted that Carlos framed and convicted Anthony Wright of rape and murder in 1993 and that Carlos has lied about it for generations. I was wrong when I made those statements. Carlos was not involved in Anthony Wright's trial and conviction in 1993. Carlos was co-prosecutor for Anthony Wright's 2016 retrial, which thankfully concluded in Anthony being found not guilty. I have strong feelings about that case as well, but facts are important and I wanted to correct the record for my friends and followers. Okay, this is Sean King explaining what he did wrong, and this is in the article, okay? Um, now, I, I wouldn't profess to state another man's brief. I don't know how he confused uh, the goings-on in 1993 with the goings-on in 2016. But again, human beings make mistakes. Okay. Uh, the thing is, I think there are a few things that count against you when you get to this level. And I'd like those of us who are perhaps more critical of our leaders, like it or not, Sean King is one of our leaders, I salute him. Um, but those of us who are critical of our leaders, and we should be, I think it's important for us to frame our, or, or rather, um, view our leaders through a, a certain framework. I'll say it that way. So first I'd like us to consider the opportunity to potentially make a mistake. Um, you know, some people are leaders and some are not. And if you're not leading, then your mistakes may not be visible. You know, they might just it might just be a personal mistake or something that happens between you and one other person or, you know, something like that. Um, or indeed, the opportunity, as I mentioned, um, just doesn't present itself to make a decision like this. Um, a great example is if you're a CEO of a company and you make the decision to save the company, but you have to lay off thousands of workers, say you have 10,000 workers, you got to lay off 1,000. Um, a worker would never have that opportunity. Only a CEO would have that opportunity. So opportunity is something we need to consider. Scale is another thing. And this is kind of the other side of the same coin, but I think that it's distinct enough to deserve its own um, consideration. Um, scale, Sean King, is extremely visible, certainly in this space. And um, scale matters. So to help frame this one, uh, let's use the same analogy, the CEO. But let's go with a small business CEO. Okay. Who doesn't have the scale of a you know big business CEO that 
cannot lay off thousands of people. Small business owners typically employ smaller amounts of people. So the scale matters and the scale is important. And when you get to that level uh, that Sean King is on, the scale of a mistake might have some some more profound implications. Um, indeed, the same article that we're reading from uh, cites uh, something that happened in 2019 where Sean King falsely accused a gentleman named Robert Cantrell of killing seven-year-old Jasmine Barnes. Two, ma- two black men were later convicted in the case, but Cantrell committed suicide after King shared his photo to social media, calling him violent and racist. Now, there's a lot there. Um, I don't know if this gentleman took his own life because and solely because Sean King, you know, shared his photo and called him violent and racist. You know, there may have been other things going on in this man's life, but, you know, I do recognize that a mistake that even contributed somewhat to um, a man's taking of his own life is is significant. Um, and I'm confident that that's something that Sean has to live with. This is kind of the price of leadership and the price of being the decider is that as a human, if you make the wrong decision, consequences can be more severe. Um, it's not unlike the, uh, the, the trolley thought experiment uh, for human ethics. Um, there's a story I believe that took place in might've been World War II where uh, might've been Teddy Roosevelt. I'm, forgive me if the name is not right, but um, we, we had cracked the German encryption code. And I believe it was the Enigma machine. And we could now interpret German communications um, to their fleet. And, you know, uh, Roosevelt, if I'm not mistaken, learned that there was going to be an attack on, it might have been an Australian ship. And rather than warning that ship, he decided to let the attack take place because that attack would have, um, had, had that t- attack been prevented, sorry, <laughs> uh, it would have alerted the Germans to the fact that we may be able to interpret their messages, which would have given away the strategic advantage. And so um, by allowing that attack to take place, we lost some uh, troops. I, I believe it was an Australian ships, but, you know, troops on our side nonetheless. And that was a decision that was made to win the war. In other words, we're going to sacrifice this ship, this ship or allow this ship to be sacrificed in order to, to win the war. And you got to imagine that uh, there's a lot that comes with making decisions when you're in a position of leadership. Um, it just is, it's almost like heavy as the head that wears a crown. Now, I don't want to equate that or conflate that with uh, this story of Robert Cantrell, but you do recognize that when you're in a position like this, um, as a human being, doing your best to decide what the best possible course of action could be, should be, that um, inevitably, you know, you might have to make a tough decision. You might have to make a decision that some people won't agree with, but you're deciding it's for the greater good. You might make a, a decision based on half-truths and 
misinformation and so forth and so on. And I don't believe that anybody in Sean King's position um, is going to wake up early and choose to do something knowing that it might be wrong and it might uh, lead to outcomes such as these paying $75,000 and certainly not, um, you know, what happened with Robert Cantrell. But um, I think that leads us to the third thing that I'd like us to consider uh, when we scrutinize our leaders, which is scrutiny from media. Um, those of us who are never in an exalted position uh, with the opportunity, we also don't get that media feedback. We don't have the media waiting on those mistakes and amplifying those mistakes. Certain media outlets do that. <laughs> That's kind of the nature of their business model. And by highlighting the mistakes and the mishaps, if you don't follow the day-to-day -day in a person's like Sean King's career, then you'll miss the plethora of amazing stories, amazing contributions that a man like him makes. Um, again, establishing a point of reference that everyone can refer to. This person was killed by the police. This person was beaten by the police. Um, this politician is potentially corrupt or doesn't stand for the values that uh, we feel are going to move us closer to a more equitable society. On and on and on. If you miss all of that and you just look at Sean King misspoke, um, Sean King uh, had some half-truths, and he's done his best to apologize and, and move forward, then it's almost like those people that look at President Obama, who in my estimation and many other people's estimation was a good president, and say, well, he ordered more drone strikes than anyone else, which is factually accurate. But again, if you just take that one dimension and use it to define that president, then you're missing the incredible story that is President Obama and Michelle Obama. You miss the moment that that meant for all of us, all of us in this country who have historically been marginalized, relegated to the margins of society, what that meant for us. You missed, you know, out on incredible policy of a man that fought an uphill battle and still managed to do a lot of good. And for at least a good, or for a good majority of us, made us feel proud to be Americans. And not even just Americans, around the world. And so again, um, I think it's important to have a well-rounded view of people who are in leadership positions. I think it's important to ensure that we're remembering that these are human beings and human beings make mistakes. As long as they apologize and do their best to remedy uh, situations and move forward with a new truth and a new commitment to <laughs> the truth. Um, and then, of course, we also consider the opportunities that they have that we may not have the scale of the impact that they could have, and of course the scrutiny that they're going to get, um, and perhaps the why they're getting, the why of them getting that scrutiny. Um, I think that'll help us adopt a fairer approach to people like Sean King, people like myself. I've eaten my fair share of crow on the radio, I promise you that. I've, I've done and said things that turned out to be inaccurate or outright wrong, and have had to come back on the radio and apologize. And that's the best that I can do. You know, I, I do my best to be as journalistic in my approach to everything. Um, but I also give myself enough 
latitude to be a human being. I don't beat myself up. I know that I have a good heart. I believe that we're all brothers and we're sisters, uh, brothers and sisters on this planet, and we're all moving in the same direction. And it's unfortunate that some people don't feel that way, but that in no way affects how I feel. I was put here to love people, and I will do my best to do that. At the end of my life, when my sons bury me, my hope is that they will look at their father and say, he did his job. With that said, I would appreciate, and I'm sure Sean King would appreciate, as well as our other leaders would appreciate, um, a little bit of leniency when it comes to the scrutiny that we get from the people that we're trying to help. Now, you know, maybe I'm painting this with rainbows and butterflies in the background, and maybe I'm viewing this through my activist colored goggles. Um, and maybe you have a harsher, more critical look at things. And if so, I'd like to hear from you as always, or if you agree, let's talk about that too. All right. As always, you can reach out using the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app or hit me up at Ramses Ja. I'd love to hear from you. And until I do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice. From our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are, and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.